welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Hello, welcome to On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. Hope you're well. Lip balm ready. Um, the fight in football, it's the real deal. Uh, today we're going to talk about the fight in games in terms of team performance. But I want to start, I didn't want to start with this, but I'm going to start with this. Um, in the Premier League, or what's the Premier League, in the FA Cup for men, uh, Manchester United versus Fulham, um, Alexander Mitrovic put his hands on a referee very aggressively. Some would say not aggressively, but aggressively, unnecessary, unwanted. And uh, there's been a lot of fallout in terms of um, whether this should be allowed, whether this is an acceptable part of the game, what kind of punishment should happen. And this isn't the first time in football where, in men's football necessarily, that, that players surround the referee, where players may interact with the referee unnecessarily. And I, I'm I'm torn a little bit in terms of 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 this because I, I'm I'm hearing conversations about the length of a ban, about the standard three game ban wouldn't be sufficient. Um, there's talk about footballers being role models for ten year old children and how they you know watching this could damage them and turn them you know down the path of being abusive in the game. Let's be really clear from the beginning. Footballers are not role models. They are just a segment of society, right? Primarily a misogynistic society. You've only got to look at the news elsewhere, fire brigade, police, prisons. Let's get real. These are people kicking a ball. It's not going to change much in the world of a 10-year-old child seeing a footballer push a referee because they see this all the time. This isn't new. This isn't new. So the world of football and, and the, the, the idea that footballers are role models to individuals needs to be put back in the box and shoved under the bed. They're human beings. They're, they have their misgivings. They have their frailties. They have their bad moments. This was one of them where someone's fuse is blown. Now, I'm not dismissing the behaviour in any way, shape or form. What I'm dismissing is the conversation around it because the powers that be, the people that run the game, if referees were protected all the time for the slightest thing, when footballers crowd around the referee after a decision or a penalty or a corner or a free kick at every moment of the game, if they didn't stub that out, stop it completely, they have allowed it to grow, they have allowed it to mushroom to the point where this is happening, not just in men's football, but in all football, whether it's in grassroots football, whether it's in women's football, it's happening. It's happening. So footballers aren't role models, especially in the men's game. Let's be clear about that for those that are putting out that kind of sandwich. It's not on. The question I have, if the referee was a female referee, what kind of reaction would there be generally from the world of football, the football family, what kind of reaction would there be from the pundits? What kind of reaction would there be from the authorities who control the game? Because let's be honest, there are women in football. There are assistant referees that run in the line and they get abuse. There needs to be a line. And it doesn't have to be because a player touches a referee and some sections of the football fan base say that he didn't do anything and it's part of the game and you need to grow up. There needs to be a line and the FA for all intents and purposes, have failed to uphold their end of the bargain. They're the ones running the game. 
They're the ones running the game. They're like the, the school teacher who's letting their class run amok. That's where the game is. But that's just my opinion. It's not fact. It's just my opinion. Um, we'll step away from the murky world of, of men's football. We'll come back to it in a bit because I, I do want to go back to that. We'll talk a little bit about uh, there's no WSL this weekend. So there were no games of the FA Cup. And there is the championship, the Barclays Women Championship, where a lot's happening. It's really getting exciting. You know, so we're going to do things a little bit in reverse. We're going to touch on the FA Cup because the games were this weekend. Lewis, everyone loves Lewis, hosted uh, Manchester United. Um, great game, great crowd by all accounts. Uh, they didn't do well, Lewis, in the end. They lost by three goals to one. So Manchester United go through. Uh, Birmingham, by all accounts, a, a very tough and entertaining game, hosting Brighton who are managerless, apparently, or, you know, who knows what's going on down there. Um, they didn't go through Birmingham, so Brighton go through by two goals to nil, so they're into the next round. Uh, Reading at home to Chelsea, do I need to take, say anything else? It's it's Chelsea, come on, they, they do like a cut run. And Aston Villa, Carla Ward's never-ending audition and interview process for Manchester United job just continues. Uh, Aston Villa... Two, Manchester City. Has anyone seen Emma? One. So, let's be honest. I didn't expect that last one, Aston Villa, but it is the cup and these things happen. Maybe Manchester City are, you know, focusing on the league because they want to get some European football next season. It is possible, but nevertheless, it's going to be interesting. So, for the semi-finals of the FA Cup in the women's game, you've got Aston Villa versus Chelsea. This isn't going to go as easy as... It, I don't think it's going to be straightforward. And then we've got Manchester United at home to Brighton. I'm favouring a Manchester United win there. The other semi-final, not necessarily so. It could go either way on the day. Brighton, I don't know if you've got enough about you to, to stop what's happening with uh, Manchester United women, generally. So that's that. So there was no um, WSL fixtures because of this. There's nothing happening for them. It's going to be interesting going forward in terms of what happens for the rest of the season because there are still games to play and positions to be secure. Um, what I will say, in terms of WSL, uh, Spurs, <sighs> Spurs letting go or you know coming to an agreement where they release, let go, ask to move Rian Skinner on uh, because of the results or lack of results. Um, I don't know what happened there. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, Spurs were in trouble for quite a while. They weren't putting in the performances. They were a team who were entertainers last season. They were able to put in good performances, wholehearted performances. All of those things were missing this year. I mean, they didn't have a win since October. You know, they were on a um, 10 or 11 game uh, run of no wins at all. It was, it was bad. It was poor. Despite recruiting England, Iwabuchi, um, Amy Turner from America, former Manchester United, I mean, they've got quality there. They've got quality in the team, but nothing seemed to click. And uh, the game against Leicester was what you call a do-or-die game, very much do-or-die. Um, they win by one goal, absolute fantastic goal. But the questions are still there about Spurs. The questions, I mean, it's probably in line with what's happening in the in the Premier League with the men's team. There's a lot of questions there. But for the Spurs women, 
you know, I don't know what happened there with 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 them not doing what they should have done in the league in terms of the players. And a lot of people will turn around and say Rian Skinner may have lost the dressing room or may not be able to get this squad from where they were last season to this season or, you know, whatever. You know, she's a good manager. They're a good bunch of players. And when it comes down to it on a football pitch, the manager can do so much in the week. The manager can mould and encourage and, you know, cajole and do all of the things that, you know, a manager will try and do to 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 bring the best out of your 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 players about out of your squad. But once you cross the line, as a player with your teammates, if you don't have the fight, and this is the topic and the theme of this pod chat, if you don't have the fight within your squad for the people that you walk alongside in the same shirt, if you don't have that, then it doesn't matter what the manager does. It doesn't matter what but any of them do. You're on a hide into nothing. And I think deep down, the players can say what they want if they do say anything bad about the manager going or former manager now. It's down to them. And what's really important for for Spurs, they have to realise that they're in a league with only 12 teams. You know, their position was so dire. You know, teams like Reading, Leicester, looking around thinking, we might get out of this. Spurs might not make it. They may actually be relegated. That's how close they were. So great result, great win, you know, for them. Bit of distance from the bottom of the team. Pushes them further up the league. Not too far because it's only 12 teams. But the reality is very, very simple. Whoever comes in long term, you know, we've got interim manager now for the remainder of the season. Um, Former backroom staff for Rian, stepping up. The reality is this, they cannot start the new season the way they're ending this season and whatever they need to do, whether it's to have a sit down, heart to heart, honest conversations with one another about who's not doing their job on the pitch, who's not giving enough, who's not fighting for their teammates, then they need to have that conversation. It's only 12 teams. So if you don't turn up, it's really clear. There's nowhere to hide. It's absolutely nowhere to hide within the WSL and it you know it's it, it's just there's nowhere to go so for Spurs you know you know really have to do a better job Spurs players for the team the team that I saw last season they have to do a better job and they're not out of it yet they're still I mean okay Leicester really is in trouble but it's not looking good considering what's at the top of the, t- the table when you've got Chelsea you've got Manchester United you've got Man City Arsenal and even Villa even Villa, you know, pulling out some great performances and causing teams, you know, pause for thought in terms of how they approach them. Spurs can be that team, but they've got, they've really got to apply themselves because I don't think for their fan base who are probably season ticket holders for the men's, you know, I don't think they can take too much of this lack of fight, lack of heart, whatever it is going forward for the next season. Because if, if teams coming up, have a little bit more fight and a little bit more gumption about them. Spurs will be right back in it next season, that's for sure. Anyway, enough about them. You know, what I mean, it's it really, it really is a good weekend in the championship. This is what the season is all about. People are getting excited about the games. I went to a game, obviously, because I always do. And I, I, I 
trotted off down to Dartford to see this little old team called London City Lionesses. Not a bad outfit, you know. They've got something about them, like all the teams in the uh, the, the championship. And um, it's a really good game. So what I'll do is I'll quickly whiz round the results for the other other teams in the, in the league, in the championship, and we'll get into that. Uh, Southampton at home. Still not fighting a good fight for that. I mean, they had a really good season, but they had a, hit a little bit of a slump. Uh, and despite their best efforts, this was almost like a sucker punch for them. Um, Durham winning by one goal to nil. Uh, Southampton, some really good approach play, just couldn't score. Just couldn't score. Um, very unfortunate for them, but they're still doing okay in the league in terms of their position. Um, Coventry United... Um, Lee Birch got a lot of time for. I like the way that Coventry have been playing. It doesn't have the same feel as it did the previous season in terms of their escape. For whatever reason, they're not getting the luck, the rubber, the green, etc. They're not getting any of those things. And a really comprehensive victory for for Charlton. Um, Melissa Johnson, um, natural striker, really instinctive. Um, nice little hat-trick. Um, one of the goals almost seems as if it was like a lazy shot stroke lob. Just just fantastic. You know, doing the damage uh, early in the first half and then midway through the first half and then second half score. But yeah, four goals to Charlton. Really good for them. They're, they're third, you know, third with, with two games in hand on, on, on the top two, which is something. It's not too bad. But see what happens with them going forward. Coventry, it's not looking good at the moment. Even though they've got points on the board, I don't know if they're going to have enough games to, to make a real dent in in their fight to stay in the league. It's it's looking really, really difficult. Really difficult indeed. Um, Sunderland uh, at home to Sheffield United, who, you know, have kind of turned the corner a little bit from where they were in the in in the league. Uh, their win against London City Lionesses away, a little bit of an impetus um, boost for them. Um, Mia Enderby, what a talented player! Absolutely, ta- like just such a talented player. Wow! I mean, they've got some really good players at Sheffield, which is I I said before that their their league position doesn't reflect who they are as a team. They're they're much better than where they are. They've got some good footballers, good awareness in terms of how to, to play the game. Uh, and Sunderland uh, doing what they need to do to, to stay in the fight. And they've had a really indifferent season. Um, Abby Joyce getting the goal. I do like Joyce as a midfield player. Um, really does move well with the ball and always poses a threat going forward. And what I liked about Abby Joyce's goal is not so much the run through, is that when she collected the ball, she knew just when to cut right back across the chasing defender in the box and the defender knew if I touch her now, it's going to be a penalty and she couldn't make the tackle. Um, still had to finish, but I just that little kind of like game awareness. I said, if I run across here now, if you touch me, I'm going to get a penalty. Um, so very good, but still had the ability to go and to go and score uh, a really good goal for, for her and a, and a good goal for Sunderland. So they, they, they get a point apiece and they just sit above um, Sheffield United in the league, two points different. So it's been a, a kind of a, a strange season for both teams in considering what they have in terms of uh, 
squad depth and uh, attacking ability. Um, so for the game, London City Lioness is at home, Leicester. Um, massive game, massive game in terms of aspirations uh, for both teams. Re they played really good football before the game. Six point gap for Bristol. That could have been considered almost like a game in hand. Um, London City Lionesses Twitter social promoting the game like really, no, say aggressively. You know, this is really important. They're putting a message out that this is the way they were going to be. Um, the goal difference as well favoured Bristol, um, advantage two. Um, injuries for London City Lionesses, suspensions, Girasoli still out, Lily Ag suspended you know, after being sent off uh, against the game against Lewis. And, and London City Alliance has changed their starting lineup a little bit as well. Caruso, Caruso, sorry, and Ewan's on the pitch at the same time. Two out-and-out -out strikers, uh, Muya on the bench um, for this one. And which was key, I think, really, which was key, you know, because because Ewan's and, and Caruso really put some hard work in and they kept Bristol's back line busy kept them busy and didn't give them enough time to settle on the ball and pick out passes and find them the, the the Bristol midfield with Amy Palmer, who is almost a throwback to when I watch her play. She's got the socks around her, halfway around her shin, showing the shin pads. It almost looks like she hasn't even got shin pads. She's just got some exercise book she stole from the school cupboard or something like that. It's just, it's a, I love the way she, 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 she goes around the pitch and it's just fantastic. And, and really wholehearted in the tackle. Anyway, stopped the supply line to her. Um, but in terms of opportunities, London City Lionesses did start fast, and they always start fast. Early opportunities, um, Napier putting a cross in, um, cut back, literally in three or four minutes. That was, it was good. And Bentley uh, for Bristol really showed her, her worth and her class in this game. There were some fantastic instinctive saves, lots of blocking from the defenders in front of her. I mean, really good when you thought there should have been goals for, for London City Lionesses. Um, Bentley was able to get down, parry them away, block them away. Just really good. Um, fantastic, fantastic goalkeeper. And what I like about it, she's not even the tallest goalkeeper I've seen in, in the championship, but, but really agile and, and is able to move her feet quickly and, and gauge where the shot might be in terms of, of of what's happening, so so really really busy start from London City Lionesses, um, pressing uh, right across the pitch, not allowing Bristol a time on the ball, um, especially in midfield. Primus uh, Rogers back further forward in in terms of midfield, not in the back line now. Really dominating and getting and 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 um, doing well for for them going forward. So. Literally about 20, 25 minutes, I'm thinking, okay, London City Lionesses might run out a bit of puff or they might not get the luck because, they, they, you know, sometimes you can try and try and try so often and then all of a sudden, quick break, Bristol catch them on the counter-attack. Didn't happen. Bristol didn't click up until that point. And you got the feeling towards, as the, the, the first half was moving forward, that that, that might happen. Bristol, for whatever reason, played quite narrow. They didn't use the pitches that they normally did. They didn't get hells into the game as, as as much as they probably wanted to. You know, she's electric pace going forward, a very technical footballer who's able to isolate defenders and quick-footed in terms of the way that she'll have them turn one way and go off the other. 
uh, didn't didn't really work at all. Um, so for for London City Lionesses, this was probably for me, and I did put this to to the manager at the end and uh, the captain, co-captain um, Bennett. It's one of the best games I've seen them play, not just in terms of skill, but in terms of the fight on the pitch. And you know, they say you actually have to fight. And this was a very, very, let's say, physical game, but it was a wholehearted game. It was definitely wholehearted. And the referee, <laughs> the referee thought this was a derby. Referee just letting everything go. People were being knocked over in front of her. She just wasn't even blowing up. She was like, "Yep, that's fine. Carry on," um, which is good to see. Which is really good to see. Uh, really, really good to see. Um, you know, 30 minutes on the clock, right? Harley Bennett uh, has one of the three chances that didn't register in terms of goals and it goes beyond the post. And and these were really, and this, that chance was really good, really good chances. And, you, and, and at that point, you think you're getting a feeling this isn't going to happen for London City Lionesses. Bristol are going to do what they did in the first game when they played them. And, you know, they had the better of them, but they, they got caught on the punch, the sucker punch. It didn't happen. They stood strong, London City Lionesses, and they didn't actually run out of puff as I thought they would do. And um, before halftime, or shortly before halftime, one of the passes of the game, Rogers passed to Napier, which literally cuts through the midfield and, and the back line. Napier is in on goal, cutting in from the left-hand side. She's so predominantly right-footed. It almost telegraphs to Bentley and the chasing defender what you're going to do because there was nothing else. And the, and the shot was obviously telegraphed. Um, no inability from Napier to manoeuvre the ball in a way that would have troubled Bentley. Bentley collected it really with ease, with ease. And if I were to be mm, to critique that moment... I would say that was a really weak shot and it lacked purpose. There was no real belief um, from the player. And this was just before half time. And what was evident in the first game, and I say the first game, the, 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 the earlier fixture between the two teams was when they were in, in Bristol, is that London City Lionesses had plenty of chances and they didn't take them, didn't take them. And it looked like in the first half that with all of the plethora of chances that they had, they'd created and were unable to register that that Bristol would actually come out in the second half and click into gear because they hadn't up until that point. And then they would actually start to move the ball around the field as as, as we know they can, they play really good football. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, the second half, you see an, an immediate substitution. Napier doesn't return, Muyu is on. And then you see a slightly different dynamic with... Um, with London City Lionesses. I don't know if it escaped me, but it didn't look like um, the left-back got beyond Napier at any point to, to uh, supplement the attack. And it was that simple moment where Muya actually isolates the defender, unsure of which way to go, and she flicks it outside. The cross from Joel goes over. Bentley is unable to collect, but parries it, and it falls to Primus, who dispatches it low into the corner. And that, for me is one of the key things that didn't take place in the first half for London City Lionesses. The quality of the crossing wasn't as it should have been. And the shooting, even though they won 2-0, I have to be, there's a gripe somewhere. There's a, there has to be a gripe. Shooting is not, it's not great. It's, I mean, Primus's goals are really, really good. But, you know, the shooting ability 
Yeah, I mean, Bentley looks like she'd stop anything from the shots that were coming in because they just, they just weren't getting past her. No one was picking out the corners considering her height. No one was trying to, you know, arc the, the, the ball's movement in terms of curling it around. It was it was quite straightforward um, in terms of shots. But, you know, this is the game, you know, for all intents and purposes. Um, Primus gets another shortly after um, her first. And I've got to, at this moment, I've got to give a shout out to Charlotte from on her side. Ah, she she said 47 minutes, she said to me. That's when they'll score. That's her prediction. She should do the lottery, really. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, London City Lioness is really clicked into gear in the second half. Second good goal from Primus, who was obviously one of the players of, of the, the, the game. Um, really good in terms of, of fighting back, winning challenges in the midfield. Um, Rogers and Primus absolutely just dogged in their approach in terms of tracking back and getting in front of uh, the Bristol players before they could pick a pass or, or continue their run. Really, really good. And it was only until London City Lionesses went two goals up that Bristol started to build up any steam. They started to build, they, before they even really put forward sustained period of possession and attacks. They're just up until then, it just it was sporadic. You know, but but the game was a great game, but it wasn't sustained from them. And it was in the second half, you thought, okay, this might be interesting if they start to build up momentum and and start to put on what we know they can do. You know, but it, it just didn't work. It wasn't their day. It wasn't, um, they didn't have the luck on their side. And this wasn't a game which was influenced in any way, shape or form by the officials on the touchline or on the pitch. This game was played as a derby. It really, really was. The referee was letting everything go. Everything. Uh, there was someone who commented and said that the referee didn't want extra time because it was probably Mother's Day and someone had their roast dinner to go to because it was like, we're not doing anything. But saying that, there was seven minutes of extra time, which is interesting in the championship. Almost uh, FIFA World Cup levels there, but yeah. It was good. So in terms of the fixture, um, I have to be honest, I didn't see this result. I just felt that Bristol were on that way, their way, you know, to kind of continue in their form and they were going to go on. But London City Lioness has showed a different side to them that I hadn't seen before consistently for 90 minutes or 90 plus minutes. Um, Bristol didn't turn up as they normally do. So whether the nerves got to them or they just didn't get into their groove, that's something to be questioned or asked about. Um, but this is not to say that they didn't play good football. They did. It just wasn't a dominant game from them. Um, but for London City Lionesses, they can be absolutely over the moon in terms of what they did on the pitch on that day. And it was, I say, in terms of skill, fantastic. In terms of effort, great, but in terms of fight, and you do need to fight, you have to earn the right to play football at any level because it is a tussle and you have to be able to not only maintain control of the, the, the ball, but, but obtain the ball first so that you can do that. And they did that in every corner of the pitch uh, and it was a, a really good performance and display and game. Um, it will be very difficult going forward, I think, for those players who are on the sideline who have been suspended to get back into it. Because that team really did fight. 
that was a such a it was a tough team. And this is not to say that players can't get in, but if you're this uh, at this point of the season um, and you're going and you've got tough fixtures coming up because uh, uh, London City Lionesses have got Durham who who have showed that they're up for the fight and and they can keep teams out and catch them on the break. Um, it's made it really, really interesting going forward. Um, the gap at the top is only three points now. There's only a few games to go. And um, <clears throat> what I did do was I was able to speak to um, acting acting head coach Nikita after the game. And um, she was really, really happy in terms of, of, of the performance and the fight. And she did acknowledge it wasn't so much the fight in terms of the game, but she said they're in a fight. They acknowledge that they're in a fight and they had this belief that they were going to put right what didn't go right for them in the game in Bristol. Um, they were going to make sure that they were going to take the chances. They were going, not only were they going to take the chances, they were going to create the chances that they would take. And to be honest, if it wasn't for Bentley in goal and some of some fantastic blocking by the Bristol defence and, and midfield players, uh, it could have been more than two two goals by half time. It really could have been. Uh, I think Bentley's a fantastic goalkeeper, truly brilliant goalkeeper, um, and it, and it's nice to see such kind of skill on display in the championship. Um, so both teams are in for the fight. They know what they have to do. No team will want to slip up at this point. It's only one spot to go for, which is the sad thing about the promotion from the from the championship up to the WSL. Um, I believe that both teams would add value. Well, to be honest, it could be any of the top four teams would add value to the WSL. I've banged that drum before. I won't go down that too long now. But um, in terms of of this game, it really it cut for me. It was one of the best games to go and watch live, and it had everything. And yeah, it, it made it. It's, it's going to make it more interesting going into the running. What happens? Who's not going to turn up going forward? Big, big games at the bottom What in terms of Coventry. Can they stay up? Um, will they be able to survive? Um, one of the teams that didn't play um, at the weekend, we can talk about in a bit, but in terms of the rest of the league, these two teams really have shown um, that they are a good footballing outfit, not to say that the others aren't, and they're up for it as well, what will happen. It will be interesting to see what happens to the team that doesn't make promotion uh, going forward next season, how they deal with that kind of disappointment, what will they do in terms of recruitment and what will they do in terms of retention. But that's some way off. In terms of the remaining games of the season, it's going to be fantastic running. As I've said, that London City Lionesses, they've got uh, Durham next. No easy game at all. Not one bit is it easy. Um, and uh, so Bristol have got, who have they got? Let me just double check now. Boom, 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 boom. Bristol have got Southampton. Again, it's really funny because Southampton have shown in their last fixtures that they've not necessarily got the results that they want. They, they definitely didn't in the last round of games, but they play such good football. They're going to be such, it's going to be such an entertaining game to watch Southampton, Bristol. I think any game right now from this point on to the end of the season that involve the London City Lionesses and Bristol City women will have you watching everything. You'll be wanting to eat your dinner, have your tea in front of the FA player 
if it's not on, you'll want to know what's happening all the time because they are going to take this running right down to the end. I didn't see it before this weekend's round of games. I do now because I think if London City Lionesses have the fight that they showed in the remainder of the games, it's going to go. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. And um, I also spoke to the captain Harley Bennett. Um, she's confident that someone's going to slip up. She believes that they're going to slip up. Um, Bristol. Um, that's that's some real. That's some focused conversation and talk and belief there. That's what they believe as a squad. They believe that they still have it within their own hands to, to, to shape their destiny, what happens for the rest of the season. And it's nice to hear and it's nice to see and not to be dejected with with the six-point gap that they had, which primarily was in itself like a game in hand. It's been whittled down. The goal difference has been whittled down. Um, it's game on going forward. So, you know, all power to the team's in the Barclays Women's Championship. It is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, now, away from that, so let's part that for one minute. Crystal Palace women haven't played, but they will be playing by the, play by the time this goes out, for sure. Um, now, they're promoting um, their next fixture. Um, they're saying that they're going to give away a 1,000 free tickets, which is fantastic. If you check out their socials, you'll see... The link on their Twitter profile. But, you know, the news in the week up to this round of games where their um, head coach and backroom staff had been suspended pending an investigation, nothing more has been said. Obviously, it's individuals or that, that have been at the club for a long time. I've spoken to the, the head coach before, he seems quite like a nice guy. All being said, you don't know what's happening in terms of an investigation and what that means going forward. Will this impact Crystal Palace uh, for the remainder of the season? We'll see. It, it, they, they had a really good game uh, since that point, I think, in terms of the news or just before. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on the 26th when they play at, um, play at Hayes Lane um, going forward. It's going to be a, a, a tough game. They've got a tough fixture going forward. It's, it's not going to be easy. They've got Blackburn. Blackburn, who are... You know the the shut them out, shut them down, lock them out crew. They love a draw. They love a score draw. Um, so that they and they'll they'll sit in and they'll be niggly and they'll try and get going forward. But in terms of of Crystal Palace, uh, it will be uh, interesting to see what happens uh, in terms of their manager or head coach situation if that's resolved before the end of the season. Um, I'm I'm hoping it is uh, not because I have any kind of um, Bowen in that fight, or they say, or whatever it is, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward because I think when you've got a league with so few teams, you do notice when when managers are are are, are being removed or there's there's question marks around what's happening to them with regards to internal issues, and the league needs as much positive kind of affirmation, praise, uh, media attention as it can get. Uh, and 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 it never is a a good thing when a, when a team or a club have have things going on with their manager. Needless to say, Crystal Palace men, I don't know what the hell they're doing there. They get rid of Patrick Vieira and they bring in the guy who they got rid of to bring in Patrick. I, I have no idea. 
what's that about? It's a sad time, but I, I think Crystal Palace fans are probably walking around with their hoodie drawn over their head and shuffling along thinking uh, it's the end of days. It's really, it's, it's really, really bizarre. Anyway, that's it from me. Uh, loved watching the football. Got a lot of time for London City Lionesses, as I do for all teams in the Barclays Women Championship before you have a go at me. Please don't moan. But I do like my football. Anyway, um, until next time, what am I going to say? Oh, yeah, I'm going to see you later. Welcome to On and Off the Pitch.